Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading medical and security risk management business. I'm Chris Giles. This is the podcast where we provide timely analysis and tactical insight for your organization. Now, today we'll be discussing the three acute crises which are simultaneously affecting Pakistan, a deteriorating economic situation, an escalating terror threat and increasing political instability. Political tensions have been running high in the country since former Prime Minister Imran Khan was removed from office in April of last year. Khan and his supporters say the coalition government that has replaced him doesn't have a public mandate and they've been demanding early elections. But recently there was an escalation as the government sought to have Khan arrested. Well, joining me for this podcast is Louise Hogan, the lead security analyst covering Pakistan for International SOS. So Louise, tell me, what's this all about? Last week, we saw the police launch a security operation that they said was aimed at arresting Imran Khan. So they attempted to move into his residence in Salmon Park in Lahore, but they were prevented from doing so by hundreds of PTI supporters. They've been camping out at Khan's house for several months now in anticipation of just such an event. But when the police deployed there, they were joined by even more supporters. We saw more than 24 hours of clashes around the residence between security forces and PTI supporters. We also had protests by PTI supporters occurring in other cities. But the police did not actually manage to arrest Khan. Now, Khan was in the house all through this period, and he says that the arrest attempt was illegal in the first place because he had protective bail that was issued by the court. After the security operation, the interior minister actually said that the aim of the operation was not necessarily to arrest Khan, but to create an environment that would force him to appear in court, which is quite an extraordinary statement. But the situation has now temporarily calmed, but it is clear that the authorities have made a political calculation that arresting Khan or at least launching police operations against him is worth the potential fallout that may come from the unclear legal basis of such operations, as well as the associated unrest. So it is likely that we will see further police operations against Khan over the coming weeks and months in an attempt to pressure him into appearing in court, or perhaps as a genuine arrest attempt at some stage. So what do you think the reaction from Khan supporters would be to that then? That, that obviously, you know, feelings are running high. If the authorities do manage to arrest Khan, it will have an immediate and negative impact on the security environment. We would expect to see wide-scale protracted protests and unrest. That will result in transport disruption at the very least, but also heightened incidental risks and increased insecurity in general. And the government may then use this situation as a pretext to sanction PTI. We could see that increased insecurity could also be used as a pretext to postpone elections. So this situation is far greater than Khan himself. Another concern would be if something does happen to Khan, if he's injured in an arrest attempt, for instance, or if he's injured or there's another assassination attempt against him while he's appearing in court. And similarly, if something of that magnitude happened, we would expect to see a deterioration of the security environment with similar incidents of protests and unrest. Um, We had a situation last November when there was an assassination attempt on Khan where we saw several days of unrest happen after that. Uh, So we would expect to see the same thing happening again. So we know that Khan supporters have been demanding early elections. 
I mean, do you think they might be postponed or do you think this is a way to try and help calm the situation? There is the potential that the current government may try to postpone elections, citing insecurity. That's not an easy thing to do, however. So we'll have to see how the next few months develop. We do expect to see political tensions remaining high until the elections are held. A clear election result would bring a measure of stability to the situation. It would bring some political certainty. But until then, we'll continue to see bouts of political and economic related protests and unrest. Political stability would also help ease the economic situation. So Pakistan has received quite large injections of funding or debt relief from uh, several bilateral partners in recent months. But that's quite hard to sustain amid these political tensions, considering that these partners have already raised concerns about the high levels of official corruption there is in Pakistani institutions. That's a significant deterrent to investors and, and creditors in the first place. So the coming months until elections are held, which should be in October at the latest, will certainly be turbulent for Pakistan, but the hope would be that elections will be held and that a clear result would help to bring a measure of stability to the situation. And, and who's in pole position then should the elections take place? Is Khan likely to, to be voted back in? He is, to put it in short. Um, PTI has widespread support across, you know, many different sectors of the electorate. And so what PTI has actually done recently is um, dissolve the provincial assemblies in Punjab and Khyber Pakhtunwa. And the reason they did that is because those two provinces together represent 70% of the electorate. PTI already has held the majority there. They want fresh provincial elections so they can demonstrate that they will win. They're so confident of that electoral victory because in the majority of the by-elections that we've had over the last 18 months, PTI has swept the boards. Uh, they've won, you know, in in kind of areas that are typically uh, the government heartlands and so on. So they're very confident of a victory. And at this stage, the majority of opinion polls do back that up, that it would likely be a PTI victory. And given Khan's been removed from office and what's happened last week, uh, would that lead to any certainty if he should win? Mm. So the last time Khan was in power, he was removed by a parliamentary vote of no confidence. And that was achieved largely by the current coalition government convincing smaller parties who supported Khan to switch sides. So if PTI can win a strong outright majority, it will have a much more stable government this time around. Now, as well as the political crisis, Pakistan is facing a number of other problems, including economic and security crises. So, Louise, can you tell me a little bit more about these? For several months, the country has experienced a deep economic crisis with spiraling inflation. We've also seen a drastic depreciation of the Pakistani rupee. Um, on top of that, there's been an increase in terror attacks across the country. This has primarily been driven by the Tehriki Taliban Pakistan group. They're known as the TTP or the Pakistani Taliban. Now, the majority of these attacks occur in the country's northwest, but we've also seen attacks happening in the capital Islamabad and Karachi in recent months. Given everything that's happened in Pakistan recently, how difficult does that make it for our clients and their workforce to operate in the country right now? It's definitely having an impact. You know, Pakistan already is quite a complex operating environment. 
Um, there's a lot of existing security concerns, a lot of existing logistical challenges, and what these crises have really done is exacerbate the situation. So from a logistical point of view, for instance, the economic situation has resulted in an increase in unscheduled power cuts. We've also seen a complete failure of the national grid on at least two occasions. So for instance, in January, the entire national grid went down for 24 hours, which is obviously huge. So it's making it difficult for businesses to operate. There's also petrol shortages being reported across the country, particularly in Punjab, which is also impacting the capability of people to kind of get to work, go about their daily business and so on. So all these crises and all these factors are really contributing to an increasingly complex logistical environment in Pakistan. So what sort of advice could you give to help our clients, given the multiple crises that Pakistan is facing? What should they be doing right now? Mm, This is where contingency planning really comes into play. So it's important that businesses and organizations that operate in Pakistan are putting in place plans now to support their local national staff who may be there um, in terms of making sure that they have access to fuel, uh, in terms of making sure that they have backup generators, communications devices and so on, but also in terms of supporting any foreign national staff that they may have traveling in and out. And that means, again, making sure that their journey management planning is in place. But really, it's key now to be making those plans, laying the groundwork, making sure that you have access to your own transportation, your own fuel supply and so on. Um, It's going to be really crucial in the coming months. And you've spoken about the threat from the Pakistani Taliban, the TTP. So how likely is it that their activity could impact on ordinary people as they go about their daily life? So we've had this really concerning trend where there's been an increase in TTP attacks. I would say originating in August 2021 with the Taliban takeover in neighbouring Afghanistan, but really we saw a sharp uptick from December of last year. And that's when a ceasefire between the TTP and the government essentially was renounced. What that means currently, though, is the TTP's central leadership has said that they will only target security forces and government targets rather than civilian sites. And this is really in stark contrast to when the group was at its previous height. So around 2007, 2014, during that time, they used to launch large scale deadly attacks against civilian sites. But the TTP is quite a large umbrella organization, so it has multiple groups operating under that TTP name. And already we've seen splinter groups breaking from that central policy. So the January attack on a mosque in a security compound in Peshawar, for instance, that attack killed more than 100 people and was claimed by a faction of the TTP. It was later disavowed by the TTP central leadership because they have said that they won't target mosques. But this you know, deadly incident shows that groups operating under the TTP umbrella may strike civilian sites. The TTP has also threatened political parties that act against it and heading into an election period that raises the prospect of attacks on political rallies and polling sites because, of course, what you interpret as a government target can be quite vague. So unfortunately, there are real security risks here to civilians in Pakistan also. And are some areas more at risk than others, would you say? Yeah, so we do typically see that, you know, it certainly the majority of targets are those associated with security forces, government buildings, also anything to do with political parties. Uh, from a geographical perspective, the northwest of the country is primarily affected. So Khyber Pakhtunwa province, but no part of the country should be considered immune from attack. 
and I suppose people have learned to deal with some of these things. But but what advice do you give to businesses who are trying to make sure their their workforce stay safe given this current climate? So I think it's important that businesses communicate this increased risk to their personnel to make sure that they're really aware that the risk has increased in the last few months and to make sure that one their journey management plans are pretty solid so in terms of making sure that you know everyone has a dedicated mode of transportation that they're being more considered about you know where they hold meetings and so on if you have personnel who need to travel in and out of sites that may be at a heightened risk. So if it is government buildings and so on, what security do you entail that those personnel have? Also just trying to minimize the time spent at any such sites if they have to travel in and putting in place, you know, important communications plans in terms of understanding where your personnel are at all times and making sure that your people understand who they should contact if there is a security incident, if there is anything that they're concerned about. That would be the key advice at this time. And so returning to the forthcoming elections and the possibility that Imran Khan could despite the current problems he has overcome those, it looks like he or whoever succeeds in October or whenever the elections are held probably face some very serious challenges. Well, you know, the economic situation, as as we discussed, um, is deteriorating. There will be a lot of hard decisions needing to be made, a lot of hard measures. It will be difficult. Khan does have a lot more popularity. So, he would be hoping he could push forward some policies that will potentially be more popular with the electorate that would help to alleviate the stress. Where Khan may have an advantage from a political sense is tackling the terror threat. Uh, So Khan and his PTI party have a different approach to handling the TTP as compared to the current government. And previously, for instance, Khan had engaged in negotiations with the TTP And during Khan's time in office, there was several ceasefires that held. Now, it is a difficult relationship to manage because the TTP has stepped up attacks. So Khan will have to try and manage the military and security force approach to that. Of course, they're not inclined to want to negotiate with an organization that is attacking them. But precedent suggests that Khan may be able to negotiate better in terms of the current situation. Okay, Louise, thanks so much for your insight and analysis of what is a very complicated picture in Pakistan right now. Thank you. If you like what you heard on this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, please check out our other recent podcasts and updates. Well, that's all for now. Just a reminder that you'll be able to access the latest information and updates on the situation in Pakistan from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.